Scott Jackson Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 as we get ready to preview the AFC title game. Baltimore Ravens, the top seed, hosting the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. And joining us to break it all down is Jerry Coleman, covers the Ravens uh, up in Baltimore, is also the co-host of the Adam Jones podcast. Good enough to give us some time via the Ballyhoo's guest line. And uh, as we promised last week, I knew you guys would be here, so we were doing this again, Jerry. And as you promised me last week as well, Mark Andrews would be ready for this game. So that's certainly big news out of Baltimore today. Yes, great to reconvene with you, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing it again uh, two weeks from Las Vegas, but just left the uh, Ravens facility where Mark Andrews did speak afterwards. Coach Harbaugh declared him a go for Sunday. This is a guy who's been out really for, for months now, and I mean, this is a guy who hasn't played since week 11 because of an ankle injury, but worked his tail off to get back and you know, the timing is very fortunate that he returns for the AFC Championship, the first one here in Baltimore in 53 years, Scott. I wasn't even here in Baltimore the last time they had a game of this substance. It is huge, and it, it's wild to think that because obviously this team's been to Super Bowls, but in the past they've obviously had to make it happen on the road uh, when they've gotten there. But, yeah, what, what has it been like this week with that first one in 53 years? Because, again, been a lot of big games there, but never won this big. It's been an amazing week, and uh, I will say the Orioles picked a terrible week to bring out and promote their product and hold their caravan this week. I don't know why they didn't wait <laughs> one more week when they would have the entire town to themselves as the Ravens would be getting ready for the big game, but that's another story. Uh, there's a huge buzz around town. I mean, I've been fortunate to go to four AFC championships with the Ravens and cover them. Uh, they've gone two and two, winning one in Oakland, one in New England, and losing one in New England, and losing one in Pittsburgh. Harbaugh's one and one in those games, with both of the games coming in New England. But it's an incredible amount of energy in this town because, again, we haven't seen something like this this century. This will be the biggest football game they've played at this multi-million-dollar stadium, which is getting more money from the state for improvements. So this is what they've been building for. And this is what Lamar Jackson has talked about since day one, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. But the phrase this week is locked in. And it's like Lamar started with it. The coach picked up on it. Now every offensive player is talking about being locked in as they get ready to go up against a pretty stout Chiefs defense. Yeah, no doubt. And th- look, this team, the Ravens, have been locked in against the best of the best in the NFL. I mean, they flat out smashed them. You know, think about that Christmas night game against the 49ers, you know, the Dolphins, the the Lions, any of the NFC teams that came in there outside of the Rams really got, got embarrassed uh, by this Ravens team this year. So I- I'll ask you this. I mean, we know what the numbers say. Where is the weakness on the Ravens, if you're looking at it from the Chiefs' perspective? Like, where is the area you can potentially exploit something of the Ravens in this game? That's a great question. You know, you'd think the secondary with Marlon Humphrey trying to come back from a calf injury, but I wouldn't sleep on them or him. Uh, They obviously get to the quarterback as well as any team in the NFL. Justin Matabike had the most sacks, 13 of any interior lineman. They still have Jadavian Clowney, who had nine and a half. Kyle Van Noy, who they picked up, you know, midseason, was third on the team in sacks. And uh, they get to the quarterback. As far as the way they run the football, Dalvin Cook has become an asset to this team, along with, of course, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. you got Lamar behind center. The offensive line has protected them so well. I don't see a glaring weakness on this team. And yet bring Mark Andrews back into this offense, Scott. He's the bread-and-butter guy. Lamar has said that. That's his own words uh, for the quarterback. And, you know, Isaiah Likely has done a very, very, very good job replacing 
a guy who's a Pro Bowl standout, but likely stepped in and, you know, without Andrews around, had 30 catches for over 400 yards and five scores. So they have a double threat at tight end. The defense is ranked among the top two in the NFL. And uh, the offense has been putting up points like that we haven't seen before from a Ravens offense, frankly. You recited some of the teams that they beat this year, and obviously the big one was the 56 points they put on Miami to almost end the season right before the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, it's been impressive. Uh, We're talking to Jerry Coleman, Ravens, uh, and the Chiefs on Sunday. Sports W. Coleman, kind of like sports with Coleman. You get it on the X. uh, Good enough to give us some time. Defensively against Pat Mahomes. You mentioned, you know, they get after the quarterback. They create takeaways. Last week was one of the interesting games because as well as they shut down the Texans, they didn't have the takeaways. They didn't have the sacks, but they, again, kept the Texans out of the end zone. What do you kind of see how they're going to handle Mahomes? Do you think this is a a team that's going to try to come after him? Do you think they're going to try to confuse him with coverage? How do you think they deal with Pat Mahomes? Well, I think the key is keeping an eye on the middle of the field and not letting Pat Mahomes exploit that and making Travis Kelsey a big weapon. And that starts with trying to contain Isaiah Pacheco, who's been on the injury report all this week and has been kind of underplayed. I don't know how hurt he is, but he's obviously one of the more valuable assets they have in Kansas City. But the big threat is Kelsey, and that's the middle of the field. And that's where a guy like Kyle Hamilton, who's an all-pro this year, comes into play, and, and not only him, but also Patrick Queen and Roquan, Roquan Smith. They're going to have to do a good job as well of not letting the Chiefs exploit the middle of the field. That's what terrifies the Ravens the most, not the deep ball, not Pat Mahomes running out of the pocket. It's the middle of the field and Travis Kelsey with the yards after the catch, and that's something they're going to have to really focus on. And also the Chiefs, I believe, have scored in seven straight postseason games on their opening drive. So the Ravens really want to keep the crowd in the game. They can't let the Chiefs get out to an early lead because that will demoralize the fans, no doubt. All right, so there's been so much made of, of obviously, John Harbaugh's brother Jim over these uh, last several weeks and where he's going to end up. Well, we know he's going to be the Chargers head coach now, and it looks like he's going to take one of the more important Ravens front office guys with him as well, uh, with Joe Hortiz uh, headed with him, according to some reports. So that all being said, how how do they welcome Jim in this week? Do they treat him differently, or is he given like the all access like normal, or do they try to maybe just say, "Hey, Jim, go straight to the box," you know, or go buy a ticket like every other fan? How do you think they'll handle that? Well, that's a good question because they do play the Chargers next season, and you know that game is going to be on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I have the good fortune of uh, being able to know Jack Harbaugh, the father of both, and. He told me he would be disappointed if Jim showed up in Chargers colors and wasn't wearing the Ravens gear. Coach Harbaugh expects that, John Harbaugh, I should say, expects that his brother will show up in Ravens gear last week, even though he did sign a contract with another NFL team. I think a lot of Charger fans are going to be upset Sunday seeing their head coach wearing Ravens gear. (laughs) <laughs> well, I get yeah, he, he could, or maybe he could just wear like that great hat that um, that Rob Lowe used to wear that just said NFL on it, you know, in the crowd. Maybe he could, maybe he could find one of those. He could try to do that, but that's not going to play well with <laughs> the brother or the father. I can tell you that, Scott. They expect him to be in Ravens gear, just like he was last Saturday against the Texans, sitting there uh, after the game. I was fortunate to go back there and visit with the uh, coach and his family and. Uh, they asked me to take a group photo, which was awkward, looking through that lens at all these coaches in the room. But uh, they'll all be back together again this weekend as well. And, and hopefully again, I know they're open in two weeks in Las Vegas. But Jim, you know, I mean, 
He's going to be coaching in the AFC, which is going to be interesting, but I know the family didn't want him coaching inside the AFC North. Their hearts can't take it. Yeah, no doubt. So it will be interesting to see what kind of – I mean, they, that game's going to be huge next year. I mean, it's either like Thanksgiving night or it's a Monday night or Sunday night or bare minimum uh, next season. That, that should be uh, a lot of fun when it, when it happens again. Um, your, your thoughts on, on this the type of game we're going to see Sunday? You think this is going to – look, one versus two defensively, but also two quarterbacks. One's going to be the MVP. The other one has been the MVP multiple times as well. Uh, how do you kind of see that playing out in terms of the style of game we'll end up seeing? I think we get a shootout, and I think the team that has the ball last is destined to win. I don't think this is going to be the blowout that everyone thinks it's going to be, at least around here, because this isn't, you know, as they say, your dad's Chiefs, even though they are the defending Super Bowl champions. They're a team that's lost a lot of their, you know, high-quality personnel, as we know, and they didn't put up the numbers we thought they would put up this season. I still think they're going to score some points. The Ravens are going to score some points, but I think the Ravens pull it out. I don't know if they cover the four-point spread, but I think the Ravens win by close to a field goal and and what's going to be a 50-point-plus game, in my opinion. Because it's going to rain early. I don't think the rain is really going to hurt either quarterback. It's not going to be the cold weather. But the rain's supposed to tail off as the game progresses. Well, it should be a lot of fun. And again, I mean, you can't ask for uh, two bigger stars than Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. How do you think they will treat uh, Jason Kelsey uh, if he shows up in, in the Taylor Swift entourage? Well, of course, I had to ask Coach Harbaugh about the whole Taylor Swift situation on Monday and got chided for that by the Ravens PR department. Uh, didn't find out what his favorite Taylor Swift song was, but he does have a bunch of them in his phone. And I don't know how much she paid for a skybox or who she got the skybox from or the Chiefs. Uh, you do, they're not free, so she had to pay for them. But uh, she's going to get a rude reception wherever she goes in Baltimore. And uh, if she takes a wrong turn in downtown Baltimore, she may not get out alive. <laughs> Way to take it to a dark place, Coleman. Uh, long-time <laughs> Baltimore media. You're the one who's got to be careful in downtown Baltimore, by the way. Uh, you can hear him on the – uh, true. <laughs> Adam Jones podcast, also on 100.7 The Bay, doing sports in the morning there. Uh, Jerry Coleman, if, again, if you guys are headed to the Super Bowl, we'll be talking here in a couple weeks with you in Vegas, which could be a dangerous combination. But anyway, uh, enjoy the weekend. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks, and I'll make sure I have my head on a swivel now after uh, those closing comments. All right, Ed Sports, W. Coleman on the X with us here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. Well, unless one of like my high school coaches, you know, tells me there's a lot of money for me on the other side, or my AAU coach, then maybe I would. I don't know. You know, that's how that works, right? That's Is that, true. Do I got the do I have the system down correctly? All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four of the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. You can always uh, hit us up via the text line seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Thanks to uh, Jerry Coleman for uh, joining us. You know, one of the great, craziest part is the parts of this Ravens season. Uh, with uh, their defense has been, you know, again, they, they pretty much put it to a guy who was untested as a coordinator, Mike McDonald. He's blown it out of the water, obviously. And the Jadavian Clowney, like, re, you know, redemption tour, if you will, a guy who is, you know, been on this one-year, one-year world for a while here. And, you know, finally, 15 years later, after being the first overall pick, looks like uh, the guy we all thought he should have been for all those years, right? And... It's just wild, again, just never forget him coming out of college and or the year before he came out, and people say, well, he should sit out a year. 
to not get hurt and not play college football. It's like, really? Yeah. What a dumb idea that was. Still has never had double-digit sacks in a year, which is just freaking wild. But very impactful this year uh, for this Ravens team, and they needed it. You know, this tied his career best season, nine and a half. But, you know, last year in Cleveland, I think he had two sacks. I mean, it really looked like it was the end. Um, you know, there was those years in Seattle. Well, I kind of thought when he went to Seattle, man, this is really going to unlock him, and it never worked out. It was not that good. Went to Tennessee shortly after that. You know, in the, in the COVID year, it wasn't very productive either. Had one good year in Cleveland in the down year, but bam, this year uh, back to nine and a half. Obviously, we saw the one week where we get the bonus and all that stuff. So he's had a really good season um, for the Ravens, and they they used him the right manner too to give them credit, as they tend to usually do. They they have a good idea of what personnel they want and how they're going to use it. No matter who, no matter what era we're talking about with this team, that's what they have been the best at. You know my thoughts on that, and and again with with their drafting has been uh, absolutely crazy um, when they done it. So seven fifty for the sack of Mason Rudolph, and was at week eighteen, seven hundred fifty k. Um, pretty nice uh, little bump, bump there for uh, Baltimore. And the Kyle Hamilton thing kind of drives me crazy too. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Because again, Washington moved away to, you know, they weren't, there was a lot of smoke that draft that that's what they could do. Moved down and again, they got additional picks. So we'll see over time if that plays out properly. And it was also a big belief, I suppose, in Derek Forrest to, you know, he's been good when he's on the field, but he's not always in the field, right? Like that's, that's frustrating. And, um, you know, who knows if they keep Cam Curl? I mean, he's going to be a free agent here too, soon as well. But Kyle Hamilton has been tremendous with the way Baltimore has played them. So as we mentioned earlier, Tim Murray, the Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't feel comfortable betting against the Chiefs. It's hard to see it that way. I really think Kansas City is going to play a good game here. But I think Baltimore is, is, is a rock-solid team. Is they're, going to, they're the best team they're going to see all year by a lot. One thing that is a bit concerning, Steve Spagnuolo, um, his, his defenses have not necessarily always been great against running quarterbacks. They've uh, given up a lot of rushing touchdowns over the year, over the years. Now, the question is, you know, you can live with Lamar Jackson getting you a little bit on the ground, but if he has a game like he had last week on the ground, then you're, you're probably going to have in for a really long day. Yeah. And for a really long day. Now, the other side of it, too, is Mahomes has been really good at scrambling and buying himself time, whether it's you know, trying to make plays or not. Been a lot made too of the Sean Smith uh, referee crew. Regular season through the most third most flags in the NFL, um, above average number of roughing call roughness calls. Those tend to go the Chiefs' way. Roughness calls usually, <laughs> and they threw the most roughing the passer calls. Again, Tim Murray had mentioned earlier betting betting uh, wise that Mahomes is three and one outright and two and two against the spread. Uh, against Lamar Jackson, and also the underdog side of it, he's been really good. Three of the four meetings went over the total, by the way, between these two teams, with each matchup combining for at least 51 points. Um, and again, the average of the previous four over-unders was 52.5. Um, 52.4 to be exact, with none lower than 49. You would think best def- best two defenses, scoring defenses, low scoring, but that might not necessarily be what happens here because again two excellent quarterbacks and guys that have been able to show make plays question is will the raven will the uh, excuse me the chiefs uh, receivers show up again for a second straight week do the ravens have the ability to erase travis kelsey or limit him and they might I mean, oh kyle hamilton kyle there's hamilton your job right there buddy absolutely uh could and you know again pacheco it's been kind of as jerry pointed out, kind of lower stated on the injury report this kind of downplay just because i think he's been on the injury report most of the year and he just runs so violently, 
so violently um, when he does play. You don't expect him to not not be on the field. I think I think he's definitely going to be a factor. I don't I don't see that being an issue. Um, Chiefs are trying to go to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five seasons, which would be New England uh, stretch of 2014 to 2018, Bills stretch of 90 to 93. Seeking to become the first defending Super Bowl champions to return to the Super Bowl since, well, the Chiefs um, did it in 2021, only to lose to the Buccaneers. Last repeat champions, of course, we got to rewind 20 plus years. The Baltimore, or the uh, New England Patriots were that team. That was the last time we've seen it. 13 playoff wins and 88 regular season wins uh, for Patrick Mahomes becomes the, uh, it's just incredible since he became starting quarterback in 2018. That is a, w- a wonderful stretch. Baltimore has, though, just raised their game so high against the best teams. Like, they have really had the ability to knock out the best teams in the NFL all season long. And, man, that four and a half seems really disrespectful to me on the Chiefs front. Yeah, it kind of does because that that number concerns me. That feels disrespectful. I actually think Kansas City goes in there and wins Sunday afternoon. Wow. And beats the Ravens and ends this National nightmare potentially. Not not many people going that route. Not many people going. <laughs> I, that I route. like the Chiefs in this game. Maybe that's just again my second most despised team in this tournament. I can't see them move forward uh, mindset. But I, I like the Chiefs to win this game. Does it mean? Um, does it mean it's going to happen? But I do. I do think they'll. I, don't, I, I really don't think they're going to get blown out. Like there has been some of this. Hey, oh, gonna, there's not going to be a blowout. I, no. I don't see that. No. I, don't, I don't see Mahomes and, and Reed getting blown out. Too good of offense. But I do like the uh, Chiefs to uh, win the football game. Well, the thing that concerns me is you were talking about Lamar Jackson, I, and I was closing my eyes and thinking about Josh Allen running all over this Chiefs defense the last week. And yeah, Josh Allen had 12 carries for 72 yards. That's a six-yard average yeah. and a couple scores. So if you think Josh Allen did that, sure. looking at what Lamar could potentially do to that Chiefs defense, who's a, a lot more shifty of a runner than Josh Allen is, that that can concern you. And I still think the Joe Tooney thing, I don't think that can be understated. I think Joe Tooney being out problem. for the Chiefs is a huge, huge problem for them. But But you're right, Mahomes just seems to find a way to make plays no matter who's there or who isn't there or, you know, who's blocking for him, who isn't. So I think it'll be close, but if I had to lean – because of you know the fact that the Ravens have taken care of business against the best of the best this year, I think I am going to lean Ravens. All right, so you're leaning Ravens. I'm leaning Chiefs. Uh, Jimmy Lewis, he he wanted to know where I was going. I, he wants me to be on this Chiefs bandwagon with him, but I think I'm I Jimmy. If you guys lose, I don't want any of the heat. Okay, I don't want any of the heat if you lose. But anyway, that's who I'm going to be rooting for in the house. You know, I just that's who I'm going to be rooting for. More of a rooting interest than anything else. Um, being a Raven tater, I guess, is what I'm doing. What and that's I'm doing. okay. I, I totally understand But not understand as loudly that. as I would have been, you know, last year at this time, you know, living outside of D.C. I'm like, oh, God, I can't, I can't live in this world with these Raven fans that showed up everywhere. And, you know, just out of nowhere, everybody started wearing purple and burned their burgundy and gold, you know, and all that stuff. So I, I just couldn't do it. But 757 says, uh, give me Mahomes and Reed. Uh, he also says it's playoff Lamar. Ooh, that's a burn. You know what that? That's a playoff Lamar's a burn. But did he exercise that last week? Maybe. I think so in some ways, but that's that's one round, right? Like this is one round. He's never been in this round, but I don't know if it matters. He's playing so well. That, I mean, again, Munkin's done a great job with him. I think it's a shootout. I really do think it is. Oh, a, it's going to be a shootout. And uh, I kind of like what, what what Coleman said is it might come down to who's who gets the last possession in this one. And both these kickers are terrific. But Butker. 
<laughs> Such a great name. Harrison Butker is a really good kicker. And this is why last week I was laughing at all these Bills people. Oh, my God, our kicker blew it again wide right. No, he didn't. He just prolonged what would have been a more excruciating loss, or he ended it quicker for you. One more excruciating loss, which would have been, you know, Pat Mahomes comes out there, minute 40-ish, two TDs, moves him down the field. They either kick the game-winning field goal or he puts it in the end zone on you. That would have been much worse. So, Oh, yeah. I think that would have been a much more painful situation. Tim and Virginia Beach, hey, Scott, wouldn't it be something if the Lion or the Detroit and Kansas City Super Bowl, that was the kickoff? Yes, James talked about this earlier, 2023 season, probably not going to be that way, but wouldn't that be something? Have a great weekend. Yes, it would be. I think it would be quite something if that took place. Do I believe that's what we're going to get? Well, you'll have to wait till the other side. We get into the NFC side of this whole thing, but... All right, James is rolling with the uh, Ravens. He's always been a closet Raven fan. I knew it. And uh, <laughs> I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, by the way, Lamar Jackson would be the eighth quarterback with an MVP and a Super Bowl start within his first six seasons if they do win on Sunday. That's a pretty good company. With Mahomes, obviously. Um, with a guy named uh, Cam Newton. Brett Favre. Kurt Warner, John Elway, Dan Marino, and Boomer Esiason. Not bad. Not a bad group. All right, 757-687-9494. Pally, whose phone line, text line as well. Thoughts on these games this weekend, rooting interest, and, like, who do you think is going to win, too, if you want to do that, too? You don't have to just be the rooting interest guy. We'll get to the poll question coming up about uh, the Super Bowl you prefer in Super Bowl 58 and see which way America's leaning on that on the X coming up next. Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham has got your sports center. All right, we're brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. We'll uh, talk some college basketball at the 6 o'clock start with our friend David Teal from the uh, Richmond Times-Dispatch. Longtime college basketball writer here in this state. Of course, you remember him back in the days, the Daily Press, and of course, a Hall of Fame writer, too. So we'll, uh, we'll get into some ACC, the late 10 maybe as well. And uh, I know he has some ACC football news to get to with him. He wrote about this week with the new schedule out with the huge league, the All-Coast Conference, as it is now referred to, at least in this particular time slot in this particular radio station. All right, let's get to this. Lions and the 49ers. And we, I purposely slow played this, this segment because I was waiting for the injury report to come down on Debo Samuel. And he, as you just told me during the break, is what? Full go at practice today. Will play on Sunday. Okay. All right, I was leaning 49ers regardless, but I'm definitely all in on the 49ers now. Now, the question is, you know, for those people that care about these kind of things, are you seven points confident the 49ers are better than the Lions? Now, mm. let me just lay this out for you. Lions have not been more than a four-and-a-half-point underdog all season long. Lions have also been, for those of you, again, that care about these kind of things, um, have been 13-6 and six against the spread this year, which is the second-best record in the NFL behind the Raiders, by the way. Huh. It's kind of funny. But 13-6, and six, overs the Lions are 12-7. and seven. Niners are 9-9 nine and nine against the spread, um, and 10-8 and eight with overs um, on the year. I, I think the Lions are going to keep this game close. I don't think they're going to get killed, but uh, I do like the Niners. Lions trying to become, you know, the first – to get to their first-ever Super Bowl. They're one of four teams that haven't played in the Super Bowl, of course – the Jags and the Titan, or the Jags and the Texans, and the Browns are the other ones. Lions have lost eleven straight road playoff games. You, know, you got to go back to nineteen fifty-seven when they beat the 49ers of all teams. 
Um, Jared Goff's two playoff wins this postseason could uh, match Bobby Lane for the most by Alliance quarterback since 1950. Look, Goff's been really good for them. But you know where Goff has not been good? Um, against the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Jared Goff against the 49ers. I saw these stats this week, and I was like, eh. and I mean, I knew that Sean McVay, you know, they had the pictures of McVay as a baby being held by Kyle Shanahan all the time uh, outside of, you know, the, the championship game that he beat him in. But um, Jared Goff, before we get to his 49er record, um, trying to become the first, or not the first, oh my God, the fifth quarterback to make it to a Super Bowl with multiple franchises. Tom Brady's done it, won it, obviously, with two franchises. Peyton Manning won it with two franchises. Kurt Warner got to two, but with different franchises, but just won it, obviously, in St. Louis, did not win in Arizona. Craig Morton uh, got to it with two different franchises, Cowboys and, of course, the Denver Broncos. So, Goff started the 2018 Rams Super Bowl that, what I what I would just refer to as a hideous game against the Patriots. Was it 13-6? to six? It was a very difficult game. It was game. bad. Yeah, it was not a pretty game. Yeah. But anyway... He is the 10th quarterback, by the way, to start a conference championship games with two different teams. So besides the guys who have been to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls, you've got, now obviously, Brady Manning, who we already mentioned. Favre's been to championship games with two franchises, you know, with the Vikings and with the Packers. Kerry Collins with the Panthers and the Giants. Uh, he got to the Super Bowl with the Giants. Craig Morton, we mentioned already. Doug Williams with the Buccaneers and with the Redskins. Jay Schrader, I, didn't, I forgot. <laughs> With the Redskins and the Raiders. That's right. Uh, lost both. Joe Montana with the Chiefs, who we lost with, and of course, way before that, multiple Niners championships. And we mentioned Kurt Warner already. So anyway, that, that's, the, that's the company that Jared Goff is keeping. So he's familiar with the Niners, is Jared Goff. But since 2019, which was the 49ers' first season with a winning record under Kyle Shanahan, Goff has faced them five times. Four with the Rams, one with the Lions in 2021. He's lost all five of those meetings. His QBR has been a 21, which is bad. Uh, averages 5.8 yards per pass attempt, second worst mark against any opponent during that span. Steelers is the other. Uh, 0-5, 21 QBR, 5.8 yards per attempt. Uh, Goff, again, just uh, struggles, has struggled in these matchups in the past. And again, different team, different year, I get it. But here's another thing to look at. 49ers um, play some zone defense, uh, zone coverage, I should say. And including the playoffs, Jared Goff is uh, 12 TDs to 11 picks against zone coverage. He thrives against man coverage. He has got 21 TDs, just one pick against man coverage. 49ers played zone coverage in uh, seventh highest rate in the NFL. 16 picks also in that coverage. Second highest in the, in the NFL. You saw what they did last week with his zone coverage on the Packers. In particular, uh, you know, Greenlaw was terrific in it. And again, only six TD passes allowed when playing zone coverage for the Niners this year. So not really a great sign for Goff well, uh, there. If you want another little nugget to throw in sure, there. Sure, let's throw it. This is the first time that Jared Goff and the Lions are going to be playing outdoors since December 10th. The last time they played outdoors was against the Chicago Bears, and Jared Goff had a QBR of 28.7. And he was sacked four times through two picks in that game, only had three catches for 21 yards from Amon Ra St. Brown. And then before that, their last game outdoors was against, guess who? The Baltimore Ravens. They lost that game 38-6. to Jared Goff's QPR was 16.1. He threw a pick, did not throw any touchdowns. So the last couple times Jared Goff's played outside, it has not gone very well. No, it has not. And um, so we'll see. Uh, but I, I don't feel good for the Lions. And I'm not just saying that because I want you know the, the commanders to go ahead and hire Ben Johnson, get this damn thing over with. But, but I, I just don't like the matchup 
with their defense number one against the 49ers offense, especially with Debo Samuel in the mix. And, oh, yeah, the uh, issues Goff has had in the past. There. I think they'll be able to run on the Niners. I do think oh, no they'll doubt. be able to run. And no they'll set up some play action shots. They can be really effective against a run and finish, you know, and, and wear the defense out. That might open some things up. But I think as the, time, as the game moves on, that's, it's going to be a problem for them. Uh, trying to trying to uh, go at this Niners defense and also the flip side of it, which is their offense or their excuse me their defense stop of the Niners offense. I just don't don't think that is a good mix. And look, the 49ers, they have been you know in the NFC the best team all year, even with their few hiccups. They had the three game losing skid and the embarrassing game on Christmas night. But for the most part, they've been the class of the NFC. They got home field for a reason. Uh, they've been kind of on this mission since last year. They feel like they got, you know, they got a bad break in the championship game, not losing just Purdy, but also losing Josh Johnson. Uh-huh. I mean, we had to change the rules because of that that hideous situation where you had a, a quarterback have to come back in the game who clearly could not throw the football. I mean, like how dangerous that was because he was going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. So, yeah, I'm I'm big on the Niners here. Although I do have hope that the Lions could keep it within a touchdown. Yeah, I think that the, that the Niners will win, but I don't know that they'll cover. Just because I think that the Lions are just really going to put absolutely every ounce of effort they have into this game. And I do think that they'll be able to run the ball extremely well against the Niners. How much will that help them be able to shorten the game and keep the Niners' offense off the field? I don't know. But I do know that we'll see some rushing yardage by the Lions in this game. So if you can go to your local uh, book and get this, you might want to bet on a uh – offensive offside penalty in the game because Cleet Blackman uh, regular season crew apparently was very serious about throwing flags on that they threw uh, a league high five offensive offside flags it was ranked the second and the NFL and flags as well overall and um, and flags related to defensive uh, pass coverage to illegal contact defensive pass interference and defensive holding so great Cleet Cleet Cleet, keep your official keep, keep your flags at home. I don't like to see a lot of flags. I don't need to see a lot of Cleet's flags this week. Better watch out for those trick plays there, Ben Johnson. Yeah, exactly. All right, so 757-687-9494, uh, text line and the uh, Ballyhoo's uh, phone line as well, ways to get in. So basically, my national nightmare, which would be a 49ers Super Bowl championship, would still be alive in my predictions. Yes, so, it would. Yep. Yeah, against the, the, the Chiefs. Chiefs will be my hope uh, to beat them. All right, uh, our guy Willingham has checked in. He says, Scott, did you not know my Wednesday pick? Oh, of course I did. It just confirmed that the Ravens will blow out the Chiefs. <laughs> wow. No, I have the Ravens losing to the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll be Well, he's thinking them. that you're going to put the 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 Kavork. The Kavork. The Kabosh. The Kavork. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's very happy that I am on uh, the Chiefs riding with the Chiefs, but he also did warn me that he I will be blamed. If they lose the game. All right. I mean, look, like that was like last week is the first time I think I've ever um, bet against them th- this year or picked again. I didn't even bet. I, I just picked against them. All right. 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up via the Ballyhoo's phone line or the text line, uh, we'll get to some of these um, poll question, the poll question numbers on the other side on the X again, related to who you want to see. Who would your choice be for Super Bowl 58? If you could do the diabolical thing that the NBA does every year where they pick the teams that are going to be in the NBA Finals. I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> David Stern was the only one who did that. No, you know, obviously, Adam Silver yeah. does not do that. All right, uh, 757-687-9494. Uh, Scott Jackson Show here on a Football Friday edition. We'll get to some of these numbers and some of the responses are pretty good here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, welcome back. 
As we get ready to uh, dive into today's X poll question, one more from the text line. I'd rather see the inbox cuts of Taylor Swift than Jim and Jack Harbaugh. Give me the Chiefs in all caps. There you go. All right. No, 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 Jack Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. So we finally guys. found someone that people want to see less than Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Finally, finally. All right. Our uh, ESPN Radio uh, 941 poll question today brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings. Dominion Floor Coverings, of course, covers all of our socials, including uh, James's MySpace page. Uh, what would your choice be for Super Bowl 58? Uh, you can, again, go to that at Jackson Sports and vote or at ESPN Radio 941. And here's what the uh, public is saying right now as we still have 21 hours left of voting. Uh, 43% want to see a Lions-Ravens Super Bowl. How about that, huh? Wow. Something newish. The second most voted on one is the Ravens 49ers. I'm feeling like we got a purple kind of crowd here. Or a bunch of Chiefs haters. Uh, Chiefs-Niners would be 13.1%, which, of course, would be a rematch. Chiefs-Lions uh, would be 11.2%. See, that's what I'm rooting for, Right. Chiefs-Lions. I think it's going to instead, though, be... Uh, a 49er Chiefs matchup. But anyway. All right, there you go. 757-687-9494 is the text line. And again, the uh, the way to vote on the X, you know, the thing we call Twitter, or used to call Twitter, is at Jackson Sports or at ESPN Radio 941. All right, my man, 12th man says, Ravens-Lions. I want the most playoff experience for Washington's head coaching candidates, even though if it delays Washington's selection of a head coach, participation in college bowl games, et cetera, assemble of a staff. All right. Jose uh, Vega Jr. says, as a Vikings fan, I cannot fathom seeing the Lions win one before us. Oh, that's a good that. angle that we have not played up enough, right? Didn't think about that. That's a good angle. I'd forgotten that, yeah, you guys have you've been to them. Just been Heartbreak Hotel, though, for the for the for the Vikes. Yeah, no doubt. Wouldn't that be terrible? So like the Vikings get in for the very, very first time. And they do it right away. And then you're, you're, you know, I mean, the um, Lions, I'm sorry, get in the very first time and do it right away. And you're a Viking fan. And you're like sitting there going, are you serious? And you'd be the only one left in your division that hasn't right. won one. And there's that shame. The shame that the Eagles wore until a few years back. Mm-hmm. God, those were fun days. And we could, you know, the Eagle fan would mouth off. Then you could just win a freaking Super Bowl. Man. I know. Just shut up on the damn Super Bowl, right? It was so much fun. Um, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up uh, via the uh, text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line as well, uh, 757-687-9494, you can have at it there. All right, a um, couple other uh, NFL things from today to finish up on, too, uh, before we get to the top there, we're getting some college basketball and we'll uh, ACC football with uh, the news this week with uh, David Teal as to how they're breaking down this whole thing with the uh, new schedule, new fangled all-coast conference with all things going on. So new Titans coach Brian Callahan, who was uh, brought over from the Cincinnati Bengals, who's going to be in his 14th season as a, as a coach, but the past five as the Bengals OC, is actually going to call plays in Tennessee, he says, but he never did call plays, remember, before or hasn't you know not been a right. play caller in the NFL the Bengals he was you know he was Zach Taylor's uh you know offensive coordinator but Zach Taylor called all the plays but this is kind of what happened with Zach Taylor he was by or he was uh Sean McVay's OC never called plays went there become the play caller so there there are a lot of these scenarios that we've seen lately in the league where guys are not play callers you know one place and then they do it then, of course, you got the other thing, too, where they start as play callers and they hand it back over to somebody else like Sirianni did. But 
Um, Callahan saying during his introductory presser yesterday, the way they worked it in Cincinnati, they were very collaborative. Been with Zach for five years, working him as a primary play caller. And me as the offense coordinator, I feel really great about the process. He also credited um, Taylor, I should say, credited Callahan for developing a significant role in development of game plans. This coordinates everything having to do with it. Uh, on game day, he and I are in a constant communication that's calling plays that is establishing an offense. And Callahan expressed the desire to foster an environment for the Titans to have a similar experience that he had in Cincinnati. He also says to have his, uh, he likes to have this staff in place uh, as quickly as possible, obviously. And he said his staff will uh, help him put together the game plan each week and make mid-game adjustments. Man, that's a lot of talking. There's not that many, you know, much time between plays. I'm just saying. Not only that, but you really want to be a guy that's never called plays. Now you got to run the whole ship and call plays for the first time. That's it's gonna be interesting. Like, like you said, it's not like it can't be done, but that that would concern me a little bit. No doubt. And he is um, again. Most importantly, the thing that he's got to do is develop Will Levis and make sure that Will Levis learns how to slide. Yeah, because Will Levis did some really good things. None of which were sliding. <laughs> you just need to calm that dude down a little bit. Yeah, he just needs to dial back a little bit. Like Take the it edge. Back. Like the edge, son. Like the edge. Like the like the competitiveness. Just don't get yourself murdered on the field. I mean, just don't get killed on the field because we need you on the field if we're actually going to win something. Uh, so anyway, we'll be interested to see uh, how that whole shake that whole thing works out there. I, I'm not the biggest. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of um, this idea, though, that you got to have. You know, you got to check in with everybody on everything during the game, though. I mean, you are the head coach. At some point, you know, uh, you, uh-huh. just, you just got to be the rule. You know, you sure you listen to people. But at some point, you, you know, you're not going to have enough time. I mean, you just got to be like, hey, it's my call. I mean, maybe this is something you say on the press conference day, and then you, you know, you do you when it comes when it comes to season. But you don't want to be the great, you know, the great, dis, you know, the great, uh, you know, you know, guy debater with during the game. You got to be fast, man. Yeah, if you want to have your right hand guy, that's that's one thing. But yeah. we don't want to be too collaborative here uh from the 757 is britney still married to patrick mahomes just asking for a cbs cameraman (laughs) (laughs) oh boy by the way if he wants a similar experience with the titans he better uh, trade for joe burrow yeah no kidding well yeah no doubt that'd be nice right it's a nice place to start i have joe burrow get your boy jake browning in there yeah jake browning's a free agent i believe right there you go he's a free agent um Breach in the 757 said, look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? <laughs> Detroit all the wow. way. As he's quoting Eminem, lose yourself. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Uh, very well done. I knew that. Thank you. I'm not that unhip. Okay. I, I do know. I do, although I, I can't say I ever sat through the movie. You know, it's the, been a long. Yeah, I, d- I did way. right when it first came out. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, but yeah. it's been a long time. Okay, yeah, I. It's um. Was was Kim Basinger his mother in the in the movie? Is that right? I believe she was. Ooh, I think Brittany right. Murphy was his wife slash girlfriend. Baby I mama. I have to look that. Yeah, up to Brittany be sure Murphy was it. in it. The late Brittany Murphy, and then it was uh, Kim Basinger. I believe was uh, Eminem's mother in that movie. Eight Mile. I'm remembering correctly. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. The uh, text line still open for business. Again, rooting interest for the weekend ahead. He absolutely, positively cannot stand to see win a Super Bowl. Uh, what you like for Super Bowl fifty eight as well? In terms of the matchup, and uh, right now it feels like a definite lean against the KC Chiefs. 
um, from the 757. Where will Coach Bill be going now? That's a great question. Home. CBS, NBC. Um, On the pontoon boat Fox with Nick Saban. Or Fox. Or the pontoon boat. I like that. Pontoon boat with Nick Saban. That's good. Maybe him and Saban just hang out. Saban, though, I think is going to do TV, right? I don't know if that's... I, I think he probably will. But he was so good on on um, ESPN's game day. I, I would, I'd like to see him be a game analyst. And I guess that somebody had mentioned one of his, you know, somebody who's a confidant of his that says that that is what Nick Saban's preference is, is to just pick a game each week and do it. Now, I don't know, is there an opening for that to be? He's, he's not going to, you know, Nick Saban's not just doing some regional crappy stuff, right? You know. I would think you make an opening for a guy like Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. If there's not an opening, you make one. If you could, if you're going to do it for Tom Brady, you could do it for Nick Saban. So I saw an interesting idea. If um, if they do throw tight end Greg Olson out the box uh, on Fox for Tom Brady, like does he leave Fox? Like can he leave or is he stuck there? I saw one of my, you know, one of my, uh, I don't know if I should say a media person I know say this, but they were saying, what if he? And again, this is a guy who's kind of like me. He doesn't like Romo. What if they put him in with with Nance, you know, at CBS? Didn't they just pay Romo like an yeah, insane yeah, amount of money? I, I don't think they can get out of the Romo. And I guess now people are trying to push back that Romo had some type of intervention performed on him last year because he didn't do homework. But I don't know, man. It, it's just weird, I, you know, because now that they've kind of told him to slow down on the on the card trick of like telling the plays, like it's, it's just not. He, he doesn't have a lot to do except scream. He's lost his fastball, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, he just gets very excited. Very excited about stuff. Jim, Jim, Jim. Which is fine occasionally. No, it's fine to be excited. There's nothing wrong with just it. Just not every play. You just can't jump over your play-by-play guy. That's all. All right. Richie just gives us this. Uh, ESPN.com just had a thing the other day. Minnesota now has the longest streak without a championship among 13 cities with all, all major league teams. With four major league teams. So 32 years. Wow. Wow, yeah, because, I mean, obviously lost hockey for a while. The T-Wolves have never won one. The Twins has been a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So the Twins would have been the most recent, right? Yeah, Twins. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Dallas Stars sure as heck happened. I mean, the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota. Well, you were was close. The Minnesota Stars. There you go. Anyway, uh, prior to that. But, yeah, that makes sense. So, man, no wonder these guys are so damn bitter, these Vikings fans, about the Lions. Well, maybe they, get, maybe they get the Gophers in the 12-team playoff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Somebody <laughs> somebody just asked me with Nick Saban replace. <laughs> this is terrible. Luke, the late Lee, Cor- Lee Corso is not dead. So. He, he's still alive. Uh, but anyway, he's not 145 either. Yeah, I don't know if Saban, again, on that big set and, you know, um, I, I think he gets kind of lost because he, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to take his shirt off and all that other crap. I mean, he's going to he's going to be on there and delay. He's not going to put a mascot thing on his on his head either. I mean, he's he's better just breaking a, day, a game down. I would also imagine if they do put him on game day, he won't travel every week. I could see Nick Saban doing the like like the hey from his living room. He's got his segment. You know what I mean? Like I could see it something like that. I could also see Saban wanting to slap Pat, Pat McAfee too. So. I, he feels amused by him, but also feel like yeah, he could actually yeah smack. Well, him you in. you could be amused by somebody yeah. once or twice a year. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. When you get to travel with him every week, that that could wear thin. The texter um, who's on Caps Lock also says the uh, Cal- the the thing Callahan's doing is the Ron Rivera method of placing the blame and asking for everyone's opinion. <laughs> so true. Yes. Oh boy. Well, I asked everybody. The, well, the analytics said 
Yeah, the analytics. Uh, that's always my favorite. The analytics. Uh, like, we can really? be eliminated? You, you, <laughs> there's that one as well. All right, 757-687-9494. I get a bunch of people suggesting that uh, Bill Belichick be a defensive coordinator. That is never going to happen. No. Never going to happen. Way too late for that. Way too late for that one. Uh, somebody asked him for the Cowboys, Now I got one for the Chargers as well. Yeah, I could not see that ever happening. But, hey, nice ideas nonetheless. All right, David Teal coming up on the other side. College football, basketball, we'll get to... And uh, we will also uh, dive back into the title games before we get out of here. One final hour with you here. Scott Jackson, Joe Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Wall.